get started on the Enemy Slime Podcast. This is episode number 223. I'm your usual host, Jared, and I am joined this week today once more by Lucio Lorenzino. I am extra spooky for you today. Extra scary. I guess, yeah, this is our Halloween episode for all intents and purposes. <laughs> uh, I also have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. I am extra realistic for this episode. Lucio, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? Waldo. Waldo. Good choice. It's just a shirt and a hat. Uh, it doesn't yeah. get much easier. I guess glasses. Uh, to... uh, well, I already wore glasses. But... That's my costume, too. Uh, and then uh, I have a, a cane and a map and a backpack. Uh, a cane. Waldo. Uh, see, he went, he went a step further. I just got patches for mine. Wait, are you really going to be Waldo? <laughs> yeah. No, I meant Jay. Oh. No, I, I said, I told you last week, my costume is Mr. Robot. Oh, that's but right. It's the same thing. That's right. It's just a shirt and a hat and glasses. Yeah, I mean, you're basically Waldo. And like Mr. Robot, difficult to find. Uh, although only one yeah, of them question, is... question, is Waldo even real? And, and I think how, how can the, Waldo be real when our eyes aren't real? The too? real issue is Waldo's white, so he belongs to me. And so I'm a little, up, I'm a little <laughs> upset that Lucio is going to take my culture and wear it as a costume. What about Mr. Robot, though? You can't really say who he is. No, he's definitely white. I saw the show. Who, Mr. Uh, Robot? Yeah. No. He's as white as it gets. No, because uh, what's-his-face is also Mr. Robot. They're both Mr. Robot. Oh, Ram- Rami Malik or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's an honorary white. Uh, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone at any airport would agree with that. <laughs> well, not with that name. He's getting searched uh, no matter what. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna be randomly selected, son. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's gonna get getting some trouble. Uh, Lucio, do you take your kids trick or treating? Yeah. Do you like go with them and send them to the of door? Course. Um, when when do you think I, I, li- I live in Miami? Sure, I'm not going alone. Well, even when they get older. No, man. Never ever. I think I there's mean, a, I guess when my when they're old they don't want me to go with them, sure. There's like a sweet spot. I feel there's like, a, there's I, a I feel like even in New York when I was like ten, eleven, I was allowed to go trick or treating alone. But yeah, it was but all it was, the building, so that's it was a different it was a different world back then. It, it yeah, was. it was it was it was the, the eighties and the nineties when there was more gang violence and more abductions. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> I, I I was like eight years old when like I started going to school by myself. And like now, if like people see a kid walking by themselves, they call the cops. Yeah, like, you'd call the police and be like, "What well, the hell?" True. That's true. Even yeah. though I'm objectively in a safer place at a safer time, I don't. Whatever. But yeah, you can even <laughs> not because of anything that would happen to them, because I don't feel like going to court. Sure. To blame one of my kids for I, having I, fun I, by themselves. I guess this is the day and age you would get child protective services uh, called on you for that. I guess it's one of those things that I find interesting just because it's changed so much like over the last uh, just just while I grew up, like the the way that we treated like trick or treating when I was a kid. Like now you have the trunk or treats. Do you guys have those where you are? What now? Mm. You don't know. This is I I don't know if this is a thing for like here or just the Midwest in general, but uh, a lot of people have eschewed the concept of trick or treating period. And they do uh, what's called the trunk or treat. And the idea is a bunch of people go to a parking lot, like an empty one. Ah, uh, yeah, you told us about that. Yeah, yeah. Park, park their cars, and then they give kids candy out of the back of their cars. And so that way the kids aren't going around to, like, houses. And 
I guess the other benefit is you can get it all done in, you know, like an hour instead of spending three hours wandering around. Why would your you have fun? Why would you why would you spend time with a horrible kids having fun? Well yeah, exactly. Uh this is a way to get around that. And and the, you know, the thing is is when you're in Utah that means you have like nine kids. And so, like, that's hard to keep track of. It's a lot easier when you can just get them all in a, a parking lot with no open, you know, with no, like, trees and shit for them to hide behind. It's just as a general idea, I kind of tell my kids not to accept, like, candy from the back of people's cars. Um, <laughs> well, and that's that's a good practice, a good policy. Uh, we have some people that drive around in our neighborhoods here with, like, meat i have more than one person who's told me about like a guy who like rolled up in a van and was like hey you want some meat and like just for free uh no 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 you have to buy it right it's oh, meat. okay it's meat for sale yeah, um they do that in harlem but it's like car there's all in miami too like i I bought like you bought car meat <laughs> yeah i've never bought I, car no, meat. no 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 i bought uh back of a trunk ceviche in more than one occasion I think you've told me that before. And yeah, I remember that, that, you got food poisoning that night and you were like, how can you can eat fish from a stranger's car and I can't go to a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> that's, uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't think I'd ever buy car meat, but, you know. I don't know about what it is. Ain't no river long enough doesn't contain a bend. Like, I don't know for sure, but right now, at this exact moment, if a guy pulled up outside my house and was like, yo, you want some meat? I'd be like, nah. Well, you're not hungry now. What? That is a fair point. I'm I'm well satiated. So if I was a little hungrier, maybe I would buy his delicious car meat. It's probably pretty good. Artistic. Anyway, well, one thing that people do here that's kind of weird to me is like like they will get like in their enormous and it's always an SUV because it always it's always an SUV. They will get in the enormous SUVs and then they will drive like five feet to the next door and then the kids will get out. Oh, yeah. Walk and then they will like go around with like trailer kids in their enormous fucking car. Like fucking fat bastards. Just get off of the car. We get a get like a razor scooter at least like or a, a rascal or whatever they're called. Like get one of those and follow your kids What's around. A Segway. A Segway. Oh, yeah. That's efficiency. Man. Yeah, trick-or-treating is one of those things where, like, I think there's an age where kids, like, want to go by themselves with just their friends. But I also think that age, like, is almost immediately preceded by them being too old to trick-or-treat. So I think they're... Yeah, that sounds about right. When I think back on it, I think there was, like, maybe two years where I trick-or-treated alone. Uh, and then and then after that, it was, like, you'd go to houses and people would be like, aren't you too old? And so you're like, I, I guess... Did you see that town in Virginia that like passed an ordinance saying that kids like trick or treating when too late or when they're too old like would get like fines and shit? It's like, I mean, that's, that's the widest thing I've ever seen. I'm sorry. I always, I always feel like it's one of those things where I'm like, that's a stupid thing to get upset about. Like, just give the kid the candy and fucking go. Having said that, I don't usually give out candy, and I did last year because I just I didn't have my dogs that night, and so it was just it was really easy to do, and so I was like, all right, I'll participate, I'll I'll be a good neighbor, and participate. And I'm not gonna lie, like there was one kid who was just like basically a, a 17 year old with like no costume who just came to my door and was like, trick or treat, give me some candy, and he just has like a you know 
I don't, I don't. He just had like a Smith's bag or like a grocery store bag. Just fucking gave him some candy and move on with your life, man. What the fuck? I, I still gave it. I still gave him the candy. I'm not gonna sit there and have like an argument with him, especially, <laughs> especially when he's like old enough to do something to me if he wanted to. Um, but like, there was a big part of me that was like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> like, I couldn't help. I don't it. know. I feel like the last time I ever got trick or treaters, you know, they were pretty grown. Yeah, so I was like, whatever, this candy's got to go somewhere. But in uh, in the city, they don't. I I feel like um, what happens a lot of times now is they just go to like the stores around here. Mm-hmm. They go to like the bodegas and the takeout places, and they just trick or treat there. And don't really bother coming to apartments anymore. You want to hear something funny? Mm-hmm. So we had some unsavory people moving to the neighborhood. Oh. Unsavory, I mean, like Christians. Um, so in, in last year in Halloween, um, they gave my kids, instead of giving them candy, they gave them pamphlets, like saying the Halloween is evil. Oh, that's a good way to get your house egged. Uh, I don't know if they egged their house, but, uh, my kids now, every time they see like the Christian, like symbol that they had, cause it, what, it wasn't, I think it was like Jehovah Witnesses or Seventh-day Adventist, one, one of the crazy ones. Um. No, I'm like, oh, look, those are the, the, the mean people symbol. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what a great way of spreading your message. You know, you know how you get those people out of your neighborhood is you just have to do like kind of a, a little demonstration. And what is the holy symbol of Christianity? Why it's a cross. So what I would suggest you do is is take the cross and put one in their yard and light it on Not fire. Lighting on fire, Jerry. Light it on fire, and that will show them no Christians here, no first sorry. Of, first of all, first of all, Jared, it's not a cross; it's a lowercase t for time to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't doesn't miss the point if you burn it on your own lawn, though. I mean, mm. I whatever you want to do. Um, <laughs> Because I think everyone should be allowed to do everything. So, you know, I'm a free market. I'm a libertarian, baby. I want I want everybody to do what they want. Be happy. Uh, and so if you want to trick-or-treat at bodegas, I think that's your business. Well, it's not if you want to. It's just that's where the candy is. Well, sure, yeah. Uh, like Cut up the middleman. I don't know. Um, I, I'm glad I don't have to deal with these kinds of problems. Where to trick-or-treat. How to trick or treat? Uh, my neighborhood is pretty good. I just uh, I just stay at home, and I hope that, like I hope that uh, on the one hand I'm like I hope the kids take all this candy so that I won't eat it, but on the other hand I'm like I hope these kids don't show up and I can eat all this candy. I mean I got a, I got I had a friend here a couple of uh, weeks ago, and she specifically requested uh, chocolate, so I had to make a special. I and like she's vegan too, so I'm not sure how you uh, reconcile oh, no. wanting chocolate with. There's vegan chocolate. You can get her Oreos. I know there is, but it's not easy to get. She no, it's not. It's expensive as fuck. Oreos are uh, vegan. You're good. So I went, I went and I got uh, some like a different selection of uh, Godiva and Gerard, uh Deli. I think you call it Gerardo. You, I don't know how. G- Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. Yeah. Uh, so I got that. Uh, and I got like the kind of assortment pack of it, so I figured I would just observe what she took, and figured, okay, I know I can get her that in the future. But now I have all the rest of it. Like the the tactic worked, but I have all the rest of it. 
So if trick or treaters come around, that's what they're gonna get. You're gonna give them like a this. like a deluxe Godiva. See, here's the thing. That, that's pretty fucking good, man. I wanna I, I wanna go trick or treating to Jared's uh, to chase door. I I wanted to. I, I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I have the means. It's really not that expensive to do. Like I could be the full candy bar house, the like the legendary. But, but the thing the thing is, is that I know. I remember when I was that age, kids fucking lock that shit in. When they find out that there's a full candy bar house, you better believe they're coming back next year. And if you're not full candy bar house, God better be there to help you because you're going to be in some fucking trouble. (laughs) And that was totally how it was when I was... I I could probably... if There's a particular neighborhood by my parents. I'll bet if I drove down that street tonight, I could probably still point out the full candy bar houses. Like, <laughs> candy bar house. I'll bet I could probably tell you, like, there's one. That's a full candy bar house right there. Uh, I could even I could even point out the house that my parents wouldn't let me go to because they had like homemade shit. Oh God. And I think about it now and I'm like, that's what I really want. Like they were giving out like donuts they made and like apple oh, cider. Shit. Yeah. Really? Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's, my, that is awesome. But my parents are like, you can't don't go to that one because they'll poison you. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on i know so even back then we had the hype we had the poisoning hype but i don't know i remember i remember my mother freaked out one year just because someone gave us like the really like the cheapest kind of uh uh um, most generic brand candy they could afford and it had like really weird names so she swore up and down it was poison and i knew it wasn't poison they were just cheap Sure, and I've uh, I've I've heard legend that like parents would be like, we got to check your candy for poison, and then go through it and like take some stuff, and then that's just <laughs> they just eat it. That's just for them. Oh yeah, well that yeah that happens. Sure, that my parents, my my dad did that. When my mom freaked out about poison, she really freaked out. But my dad was just like, yeah, it's time to check for the poison and like, take oh, took what he want. These whoppers are definitely poison. These days, my 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 parents uh, they get too much candy every year and. Almost no one ever shows up at their apartment, so I just go in the day after, and I'm like, hey, I'll take it all off your hands. Like, all right, hook me up. Give me the beaties. <laughs> yeah. Like I said... Uh, now I guess there'll be three birds, because I got all this uh, Ghirardelli that I know, and Godiva that I know wasn't going to get taken home. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to love the look on a kid's face when you give him, like, a 70% cocoa chocolate bar, and you're like, the f- He's going to be so stoked to start. He's going to be like, fuck yeah, full-size chocolate bar. He's going to get at home and take one bite and be like, what is wrong with this chocolate bar? <laughs> I, 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 think that's, I, think that's, I think that's correct for like guys. I think for girls, they love that shit no matter what. It doesn't matter. You're gonna, you're gonna, chocolate, the you're going to turn like a girl into a basic girl like immediately. Yeah, I've, like, I've like just barely like, come around on like, dark chocolate. Just, just, just like a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, are you kidding? I can't. I can't even eat. Proud in their hand. It's, it's a, part of the part of the reason I'm giving it away. Like the one I can tolerate. There's one in here. Hold on. Let me see which one. Which one is it? Um, the one that I can tolerate is like the uh, the the dark chocolate. Uh, sea salt and caramel. That's the one I can do because it, the caramel's got the sweetness. <laughs> that one's pretty good. I, uh, I I really enjoy dark chocolate with coffee. And I drink my coffee black, so mm-hmm. it's all yeah. it's bitterness on bitterness, and it's really good. Hurt me yeah. more, snake. <laughs> I like I said, but I didn't it, I didn't used to be into it, but I've I've come around as I've gotten older. But the person I got this for, even before she was a vegan, I think I got it. Like the person I got her like gay chocolate gift was, 
she's probably like 15 or 16. And I went into all I could find was I, was some high end store. I was intending to go in to some stationery store somewhere and get her something super simple. And um, uh, all they had was like these this dark chocolate bar. I'm like, yeah, just give me the dark chocolate. It was 70% dark chocolate or whatever. And then they had like this other kind of milk chocolate bar. I'm like, well, she's not going to want the dark chocolate, but we'll we'll see what happens. And I gave her a choice, and she wanted that dark chocolate. Like, women and chocolate, it's inexplicable. <laughs> yeah. I I think you I think you're onto something. I think that uh, women are more inclined to just enjoy chocolate, just because it's chocolate, in general, <laughs> and uh, and and go for it. So I I think your theory holds some water there. Um, but yeah, it took me about 32 years to come around on that shit. <laughs> only now am I like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll do that. I'm down for that. Um, well, I'm trying to think of a way to describe Red Dead Redemption as spooky but i'm not really seeing a good segue here it's pretty spooky to uh, get out of a really fun mission and then be stranded in the middle of nowhere and have no way to fast travel back for about 20 minutes no horsey uh <laughs> there is um so first of all uh we should probably mention i i don't know if you saw this today but uh it is the best selling uh it had the best opening weekend of just any piece of entertainment ever um which is pretty impressive i mean it doesn't it it also has a 60 dollar price tag so it's a lot easier to rake in like the big money uh than it is with like say a movie um but i think uh they i was reading i think it was av club was saying um red dead redemption 2 pulled in 765 million across three days and the runner-up for just, like, successful media in general is Avengers 4, Infinity War, which only pulled in $640 million. Only. Such a paltry, yeah. such a paltry number. So yes. I, 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 It almost no, beat them by like, 100 mil. Anyone wouldn't mention the fact that the, the day that we are living in the current day, day and age where you can release a media product and have it sell an absurdly high amount the first weekend? Like just how just how how crazy that is, or I, I mean, it's gotten ridiculous in the past five years as to yeah. uh, people raised in consumerism and capitalism. It does feel, you know, what I think is most interesting about it is it literally is the best-selling piece of media for an opening weekend ever. I still don't know very many people who know what it is. Like, I mean, there's it's funny. Like Bloomberg had an article. We like. Oh, you! What are these new fungal video games, and why are they selling so much? I'm like, which I, I posted on the chat. I think it was something like, "Why are you guys so old?" or something like that. But it's like they, they were like, "Ah, what are these video games, and why are they buying them?" These kids, they seem I, to love them. I got a couple of of theories I, as far as that goes. I, I you know, I feel like Bloomberg, Bloomberg is like made up of people who are at least sixty five. Like I, you I need to be like... retired to join Bloomberg. But I feel, I feel like I feel like for all the culture wars, something that's kind of undeniable right now is that uh, video games are basically in the mainstream. Um, and you can argue what that is. Like you can argue, oh, it's because of Nintendo or oh, it's because of uh, cell phones. But the way anything works is like if you pick up an interest in this one aspect of it, of one aspect of a hobby or entertainment or whatever, you are automatically going to pick up an uh, interest in like the rest of it. Like if you look at uh, streaming services, anyone that has a Netflix 
the probability that they have or have access to Amazon Prime or Hulu uh, goes up. That's just kind of the way it works. So whether they got introduced by uh, cell phones or whether they got introduced by Nintendo, it doesn't matter. The fact is video games are in the mainstream. The fact is more and more people are buying uh, the big three, more and more people are are boosting their PCs to handle this shit. Um, and whenever a big app comes out, you're going to have the kind of general fan base that's there and says, oh, yeah, this is really great. The first time uh, this company has not only released this really great version of the game, but they've also released this, which was really awesome as well. And that's going to hit a kind of general word of mouth and everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, then I'm going to buy this thing. I'm going to try this thing. And. Uh, for my for my new whatever it is that I bought to enjoy this. I also feel it's definitely generational. Like I, I'm in a position where like most of my peers are at least like 15 years older. Mm-hmm. So they still uh, have no idea what this is. Most of my employees are like our age. Yeah. And you know when I talk to like people that are at my level, like nobody knows what like a red red emission is. Whereas people my age are all, you know, all of them have a gaming PCs and like we can talk about video games. Maybe they're not like as deep into it as, you know, me with like Crystal Northern Star. But they they at least buy a few games a year. Everyone I know who is under uh, essentially the age of 30, um, uh, definitely under the age of 25. Like everyone under the everyone I know who's under the age of 30, definitely under the age of 25. Male or female, it doesn't matter. Uh, they all talk to me about video games, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just don't. Maybe it's because I don't like people who play games or no young people. I don't know which it is, but I feel like it's still very much something that like I like, and it's just a fun curiosity to most of the people I know. Um, I don't really know anybody who who's all that. I mean, I'm on a podcast with with some people who who play them, but. I mean, like I said, it's def- they're definitely not like. If I took a poll at, at my work of like who owns a like, console, it would be almost no one. Like, like I said, they're definitely not at the same level of like nerdiness as uh, as we are. Like, they wouldn't have a conversation about you know what's the best Fallout or whatever. Um, right. So no, that's, that's Fallout, so... Fallout is pretty mainstream now. So let, let's. But you know what I mean. Like they wouldn't. Yeah. Well, well, no, it's made, it's mainstream, but it's like. Yeah, they'll know like three and four. They're not gonna know. Right. And I, I, I barely know one and two. I've tried so many times to get through them, and I have a hard time because it's some of the old schoolness and new school innovation. Uh, exactly. I, I think, but I think to add on to that point, not only like anyone that I talk to under the age of thirty knows video games, but uh, the likelihood that they own a console goes way up. Um, again, uh, regardless yep. of gender. Regardless of race, the likelihood that they have a console it it skyrockets um, uh, once they're under the age of twenty five and um, and I know this because they'll talk to me about you know what should they get for the PlayStation Four, what should they get for the Nintendo Switch, uh, or they'll pick something else up and they'll assume I've played it. And the really sad thing is that they are often correct in that assumption. <laughs> yeah. Uh, simultaneously, I, I get that a lot in a lot of other ways. Like, oh, you you play video games, so you you love Fortnite, and it's like, no, <laughs> no. Oh, for me. you don't like Fortnite? Well, how about that Black Ops Four? Mm-mm, didn't try it. Well, you're looking forward to Fallout seventy six, surely? <laughs> no, sorry. Oh God, we can talk about how bad that looks. Oh, it way. looks really 
fucking awful. Um, I, 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 I tried, I tried watching, watching your boy, uh, call me Kevin and he did not look like he was having fun with it at all. And it did I, not look fun. I still know, uh, I, I, I have a couple people who've talked to me about it and they're still on this, they're still like kind of deluding themselves into thinking like, I've had at least two people tell me that you can play it offline. They're like, well, you could play it offline, and it's just like a normal Fallout. And I'm like, you are going to be so disappointed. <laughs> uh, you are oh, going to be sweet so, summer child. So colossally disappointed. Um, there. Anyway, to bring this back around to the point, I'm not surprised Red Dead Redemption Two is so like that, just with all of the kind of theory behind it, and kind of like, like you got to think, of, like, look, it. It, how many what's like the percentage of americans that own a television set when i was a kid it was something like 75 percent. i'm sure that's gone out i've never walked into a household without at least one television um i don't know man St- steven toitillo said that uh he doesn't have a television in his living room so they're, they're dead well steven that was, steven that was like off because that was like 10 years ago too because I, I just bought like a 4k kind of beast that i've been enjoying a lot uh, with my uh, uh, video games, but not Red Dead Redemption Two, and, and more on that later. But um, I think I think the people who don't own TVs in, in 2018 are the people who don't own them as like a point of pride, like the yeah. the, people, the people who are like, oh, I don't even have a television, like, right? Like, but like, c- c- can compare this to like the the uh, 1950s when having a TV in your home was still a sign that you're like a fancy pants and that you're like on the cutting edge of this new thing that's <laughs> entertaining everyone. Me. Yeah. I have I like the that. moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the moving pictures box in my home. Uh, and that's what that was. And so and radio was the same way. And you go back to medieval times, you know, or even, even like earlier, early uh, colonialism and books were kind of the same way. And, and, and they just started as these kind of early uh, commodities and, and, and to a lot of people, they weren't a thing that existed. They're like, oh, that's for that's for fancy people, or that's for that's for weirdos that want to that want to like read books and shit. You're you're a weird, weird person. Um, and and that's video games now. We're just seeing it with the new medium. I think that, uh, and on top of it, here's a fun challenge that you can try uh, in your life. The next time you go into someone's house and you see that they don't own a television, do not bring it up. Try to leave without hearing about it. <laughs> Get through your night. That's, that, that's, do whatever. That's a great point. Do whatever it was you were going to do. Go for, go stay for dinner or whatever. But at the end of the night, when you walk out of there, see if you can escape without them mentioning to you how they don't own Actually, a television. Now that you're saying this, I I remember um, uh, there was one guy I didn't know without a TV. He had, he had a lot of he had a lot of kids, and he claimed that. Uh, uh, well, this was basically the claim. Like we didn't mention it. We just went there and had a party and and had beers and all that. And as you're leaving, he was like, "Yeah, I don't know if you know, we don't have any televisions." I'm like, "Yep, uh, that's why we have so many kids because we're having a lot of sex because there's no TV in the house." I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh, cool. Didn't need to know that. <laughs> yeah, I read a book. It made me think of this when we we were doing job interviews like a couple years ago for a position that I was gonna. Uh, not not be over but like work really closely with and so i was participating in the interviews and we had a guy come in and we were like i asked him like what do you do for fun in your spare time and he's like he pauses for like a long time he's like i like to read and so i just immediately was like what was the last book you read and he he just sat there for like 10 (laughs) minutes 
not ten minutes, but I, he said he sat there for like a good minute and was like, "Uh," mm, and I thought at the very least he'd be like, "Where the red fern grows," or just like name like a book he remembered from like childhood. Yeah. He couldn't even do that. Uh, he's uh, just like he's just like a walking verb. He's just like, uh, "I don't know." And the only thing I can think of, I I cannot figure out why I, that conversation went that way. Why would you say that you read and but you don't? Because he he went to Lucio. Um, what was the last he book went, you read? What's the last book you um, read? Actually, The Handmaid's Tale. Ooh, how's how's the book? It's pretty good. I liked it. It was alright. Um, it reminded me a lot of um, because I, I watched the series with my wife, and then I was like, oh, let's check out the book. <laughs> Um, it reminded me a lot of um, um, the Man in the High Castle in the sense of like the book isn't as eventful as a TV show. Uh, it's yeah, more of uh, yeah, it's more of like a day in the life type thing, and like the real plot only happens like in the the last section. Um, but mm. I, I really liked it. It was well written. Um, it does some interesting things with the way it presents the content. Uh, by the way, since it is Halloween tomorrow, we do we would like you to know that on uh, Amazon right now you can order yourself a sexy Handmaiden's Tale costume. Oh shit! They, Fuck Waldo! I'm I'm gonna be a sexy Handmaiden. I think they actually they they took those down. Ah um, uh, shit! So unfortunately, you can't get a sexy Handmaiden's Tale because they they realized how wildly inappropriate that actually was. So you're out of luck there. What about uh, me? What about my right to dress up as a sexy Handmaiden? See, the only reason I could think of why he'd be like, I read books. And then when I'm like, what book do you read? And he wouldn't tell me is because it's Mein Kampf. I think that's what it is. I think he, I was like, what's <laughs> No, I, I think he went to LinkedIn and he got like top 10 like uh, interviews, life hacks or some shit like that. And they told him that right. he needed to yeah, look yeah, like yeah, he yeah, wasn't that, a fucking moron. Say you that read. Right. And he'll be like, ah, I got it. And, uh, what, about, what about you, Jared? Uh, uh, what's the last book you read? You want to really know? Yes. Wait, the last book I read or the last book I finished? Those are different things. Uh, it, okay, I guess both. Okay, yeah, give us both. The I'm last, curious. The last, <laughs> the last book that I think I finished was uh, Annihilation. Um, the uh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, Jeff something. It's a trilogy. I'm reading the trilogy. It was a movie with Natalie Portman that came out. <laughs> Oh yeah! You're oh talking. yeah! It's a, it's a really, it's a really fucking good movie, and I also thought it was a really good book. And the other two in the series are wildly different and taking a little bit of effort. So I'm not done with those yet. But, uh, but the last book that I read from, like this that I read pages from, is uh, Stormy Daniels' book. Oh shit! Me too. Oh, you bought it? That's the last one I got. No, I got it too. That's the last one I read too? as well. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. How is it? I, I, What's I it didn't called? finish it yet, but I'm still reading it too. Full Disclosure. It's... I think that's what she called it. Oh. Yeah, Full Disclosure. I, it's actually a really easy read. No, it is. It, it is. It took... Uh, so I, I read it right on the tail of... Uh, I, I also read Fear by uh, Bob Woodward. And reading them back to back is is really jarring. <laughs> Uh, just, just from like a prose perspective, like she's a porn star, she's not a writer. And it immediately, it immediately like makes itself apparent as you make that switch from someone who is a writer. She didn't use a ghostwriter? Uh, I think actually, I, I I think that, uh, her attorney actually wrote some, or, or like rewrote portions of it, but a pretty sizable amount of it is, is definitely like her words. You can tell. This is going to sound really bad, but this is actually the, uh, third book by 
a porn star that I've read. It'll probably be the third book by a porn star I finished. So I also read uh, Jenna Jameson's book and Asa Akira's book, which are also actually not bad. Especially I, I like the Asa Akira's more just because it was a little bit more fun, but of course it doesn't have like the details you want to know like you do from Stormy Daniels. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a bad book. It's, it's kind of curious. Yeah. It's 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 I've been having fun and that's why I like reading these. Uh, I, I I like reading autobiographies in general. Um, so that's I feel like of the books that I get and I do get a ton of them. I am always a lot more likely to finish um, autobiographies. And I I feel like the last book that I finished was not fair, but a book called Fearless, mm-hmm. which is 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 a very very depressing. Um, uh, kind of portrait of a guy from the Navy who just said, uh, you know, he was in the Navy SEAL Team 6 and he just had all sorts of addiction problems. So that's a good one to kind of like want to just sleep for a couple of days if you want to read that one. But um, <laughs> she's no, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm reading Stormy Daniels. So that's that's we're on the same we're reading the same book and we're playing the same video game. How about that? It's, we're, we're, we're in sync. Here you are in sync. I don't know what made me do it, but I just I saw it in the store and it was on sale, and I was like, ah, okay, why not? And I, yeah, I well, helped okay. myself. Uh, say what you will about Donald Trump; he's made me read at least three books. So yeah, uh, I haven't read that many. That's something he's getting. Him. He's getting America reading again. <laughs> he sure is, and that's pretty. That's pretty special uh, because not, not a lot of other people were able to do it. Maybe he should claim literacy is going up under him. Like, that's uh, a good one <laughs> uh when i bought that woodward book the lady at checkout was like this is all anybody bought today like at the bookstore <laughs> she's like this is this is the only book we've sold today we just sold a, a bunch of copies of this wow. uh so i mean yeah he's raising literacy we're out there reading about him <laughs> and all of his wacky adventures he's quite a quite a character quite a guy um but I guess we should talk a little bit about the the uh, titular uh, Red Dead Redemption because it's obviously. Oh, fuck. I, I should have meant. I should have said my last book. I wrote the Iliad. I wanted to change my answer to that. Oh, that would have been better. And see, if this fucking guy had said that, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have like chased him down on it. I would have been like, all right, <laughs> sure. I wouldn't have. I would have been like, did you tell me about this part? Like, I wouldn't do that. I would just. He, what was the name of Achilles' lover? He, he could have said. He could have said literally anything. And like the the real crazy thing is like I don't fucking care. I didn't ask it because I have genuine interest. I just asked it as like a natural part of the conversation. I right. He could I mean, have. That sounds like the actual you know uh, follow up question to I like reading. He even could have said something like, uh, he, he even could have been like, oh, it's a small independent author and you probably haven't heard of them. And I would have thought like, this guy's a fucking asshole. But I also would have just let it go. Like, I wouldn't have cared. Um, but he, By the way, the, the answer to the question is Petroclus. Just say the Hunger Games. Just be like the Hunger Games. And so <laughs> I guess that's, that's my message to you, dear listener. This is my this is my number one hot job interview tip. Just just say the Hunger Games. If someone ever asks you what you read last, just just be like that. No, to say the Sun also races because it's by Hemingway, and everybody loves Hemingway, or everybody pretends to love Hemingway, but nobody actually reads Hemingway because he sucks. Yeah. Uh, so go. everybody will take a word for it. Say the Old Man in the Sea. Be like, I read the no, Old no, Man be- in the Sea. No, because people have to read that for high school, so we need to do. 
is you need to tell them one that's kind of obscure, like the sun also rises or a fell world to arms, and then they won't cost you. Right. See, that's what I do. When, when, whenever I, whenever somebody asks me like what my favorite book is, and I know I have actual favorites, and I will always get stuck on the answer. I'll just say something I read in high school. Sure, yeah. go for it. Why not? It's it's one of those things where like it's not important. You're not gonna like have that follow you the rest of your life if you pick the wrong thing. So anyway, like I said, he could have said anything, and instead he said nothing, and we didn't hire him because he was fucking weird. And oh yeah, you did the right call. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like any of it, so we did not go that way. Uh, so the cowboy game came out, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, Westerado uh, two. Oh yeah, Westerado two. We should be so lucky. <laughs> and now we finally get to see what uh, eight years of overworking of apparently anybody who comes in contact with your company uh, nets you. And uh, it's the answer is realism. There's a there's a lot of detail uh, to this game. <laughs> that is undeniable. Uh, you can you can say a lot about this game, uh, but you you cannot say that they have skimped on on detail. Uh, it it is basically like detail the game. Uh, and I've routinely been it surprised. I, I've I've very routinely been surprised by what the game is tracking. Uh, and and what it remembers, and um, I said this. Uh, well, I've said this over and over again. It's a really common uh, statement of mine, which is I'm more interested when when we talk about gaming in talking about things like I I don't care about graphics. I'm not that interested in it. Um, I want games to look good, but it's not the end of the world if they don't. And um, but what I am more interested in is I'm interested in advancements in AI or, as we've discussed with Shadow of Mordor, I'm interested in at least being tricked into thinking that there are advancements in AI. And uh, this game definitely delivers a lot of that, a lot of the desires that I have or, or things that I want to see in that regard. And there's some moments where I'm almost certain that it's just tricking me and that it's not actually doing anything, but if the trick works, the trick works. And uh, there's there's been a lot of a lot of shit where I'm like running into people later on who remember me. They're like, "Hey, you're that guy that did that thing," and I'm like, "Oh, I am." Um, yes, I will agree with you on that point. But there are other parts where the illusion very clearly breaks down and. Uh, does probably the opposite of what the game should be doing. And I think that is understandable with, with a game as I will see as ambitious as this. Sure. Uh, I don't know that all that ambition is a good thing. I'll make that very clear up front. But um, I think that kind of stuff will fall through the cracks and for all the uh, detail and realism and little tricks I have gotten, I've gotten an equal amount where I just had to laugh out loud and say, well, that didn't pan out. There was a uh, there was a piece that I read about on uh, the AV Club today where they where they kind of did like a deep dive on the game and one of the things that they said that I thought was um, uh, a very adequate description is they uh, described the game as well they were they were actually comparing it to uh, like the kind of open world standard in 2018 and, and uh, nobody exemplifies that more than like the Ubisoft model and w- what they were saying is in a normal like open world game we're expecting that we're going to conquer it 
we're going to go and we're going to clear all the icons on the map and we're going to, uh, you know, there, there's a fortress and we're going to go take that fortress over. And this game has much more of a smaller scale feel where uh, the way that they described it is basically it feels more like you're living in the world rather than conquering the world. And I think that's a pretty apt description of what you're doing in this game. You won't climb a tower, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's boring. I, I, feel like I, I already live in a world. You do. I feel like I, I feel like it's a description. Uh, I don't know that it's the most apt description. This is, let, let me let me put this up front. Um, I feel that I feel like I don't I don't feel like Red Dead Redemption Two is a very uh, innovative game. I don't think it's uh, going to do anything that's going to kind of challenge or reinvent the industry and part of me actually hopes it doesn't because there's so there's so much in terms of how kind of overbearing it all is that i do not want this attention to detail to play games uh that's why they're called games and not something else uh uh as a cowboy simulation i would understand if that was the goal i do not think that is what they achieved um you know i i don't feel like oh yeah i'm really letting a bird get life here the uh uh eight in 1899 and even if i did it feels like the kind of rugged life that i'm living in a uh, little house on the prairie not the kind of rugged life i'm living in say the magnificent seven um i think so, you're, you're just making bad choices then you should you should be rip roaring and and having yourself a a fine time i i feel like whenever i a, a fine time is to be had in red dead redemption uh, it it has a, another system that's equal to kind of stripping that away from you. Um, most definitely, like the bounty system is like that, and the bounty system is a holdover from prior Rockstar games that they need to kind of get rid of. GTA Five had the best version of that, I feel like, in in terms of the warning system. And even then, it's not something that's necessarily fun. It's just something that's there and something that you have to do and something you have to avoid. Um, my main point here, though, is that that Red Dead Redemption 2, they've been developing it for like eight years, and it feels like in those eight years, they, they come across a lot of distractions, and they come across a lot of people who have set new industry standards. And when I play Red Dead Redemption 2 and think of Rockstar, I actually think of The Witcher 3 and CD Projekt Red, in which they also had a really kind of uh, a, a believable world in which you live in and couldn't necessarily conquer everything. Um, and it felt very medieval, and it felt very detailed, but none of it at any point felt tedious. And, and as long as that game takes to, to, to finish and as long as it takes to kind of like tackle an objective in The Witcher 3, the point is I'm going out, I'm doing it. There's never not an adventure to be had. In Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, sometimes I got to fight, carry over a fucking feed sack to feed some chickens. And, and that's, that's not my definition of fun. Yeah. You're just... You're just uh, ungrateful to the people who were waterboarded for this game to come out. <laughs> they worked very hard on the uh, again, like there's there's a bizarre amount of like animations and and strange things. Like every uh, if you go into a store, uh, everything that you can buy is in the store, like right there in front of you, and you can pick up the bottle and be like, I will buy this bottle, and. Uh, it does. It does beg the question: Like, was that a good use of your time? Like, <laughs> could could we have maybe spent the time it took to render every single bottle in that store and done something different with it? Uh, 
having said that, I feel very much the opposite of Jay. Uh, I have had a wonderful time in this game, and it is very much like uh, kind of like Breath of the Wild for me in that it doesn't do what everybody else is doing. And that's not always a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. And don't get me wrong, it still has like some rock star missions in it. Um, <laughs> they, it. It's a rock star game. Like it's. No, a, no, it's I, get you, I, I get you 100. percent You don't need to explain. Well, you no. Know, here's here's a here's here's a prime example, and uh, I could just as you, if if I describe this to you correctly, you could just as easily see it in Grand Theft Auto. I just barely, like, I mean, before we started this podcast, I just barely did a mission where. I snuck into a place, uh, snuck is a very, very generous word because there's no stealth in this game, really. Um, but I you can crouch, you can crouch. I snuck into a place and I stole a wagon. Uh, the wagon is explosive and uh, people, people kept chasing me down to try and stop me from stealing the wagon and they would shoot the back of it uh, and cause it to explode. Mm-hmm. and kill me and I, yep. I i failed the mission three times in a row and i was like this is this is a, a rock star mission. so 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 i i'm glad really glad you brought that up because i did not participate in that mission and you're going to have to forgive me for comparing anything on the planet to assassin's creed and, and suggesting assassin's creed could possibly do a better job um but this is this is what i want to say you know this in terms of well, I mean, I, I already knew we'd be heading in this direction. Uh, but, but, so go but, ahead. But let's talk about realism versus fun factor, right? Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Red Dead Redemption to take the uh, uh, introduce the uh, oh so popular people who love them to death escort missions. Uh, in 2018, we're doing, doing fucking escort missions. Escort in Odyssey, however. Um, there is a weird thing where even if an NPC, uh, uh, yes, you can fail some of the escort missions in the game, but um, but if you fail the ex- those escort missions in Odyssey, the game keeps going, and that person is dead, um, and they might not be ne- that necessary to the plot. Other times, if they are kind of essential, they would be marked as such, and they cannot die. Uh, if they do die, Odyssey will just do a weird thing where it replaces the body. And so all that programming kind of jumps around uh, the typical tediousness of an escort mission. In Red Dead Redemption 2, if you escort a character and they are shot in the head, no matter how well you've done that escort mission, that is an instant game over and you have to jump back to the last uh, checkpoint, no matter how far back that checkpoint is. And that is like incredibly frustrating in a world where uh, people have said over and over, like escort is about as fun as stealth driving or any of these other uh, underwater or any of these other systems that people uh, uh, constantly insist be in the video games. Um, and I've been quite angry at Red Dead Redemption 2 that I would be like at the tail end of, of a mission and then one of my gang gets shot in the head by like by like a very good sniper or just a stray bullet and I have to start that over. That is infuriating to me. There is a, uh, there is, and I just discovered this on my exciting mission where I kept exploding. Uh, there is a option that it will present you to skip ahead if they can tell that you've gotten stuck somewhere for a, uh, for a lengthy period of time. So I think after three game overs on a mission, you'll have the option of, uh, jumping to the next checkpoint, basically. Um, mm-hmm. so there's obviously some scenarios where they've planned for, for there to be a struggle there. And I, to, to the game's credit, 
once I figured out what to do with the exploding truck, it wasn't that big of a deal. I just really wasn't making effective use of Deadeye. Um, and it, it, it's one of those things where I kind of forget that it's there. And that is a, a another thing that I'd say about the game is it has a lot of buttons. And <laughs> uh, I think probably... So I've had a couple of really notable events, and I'll, I'll tell you about one of them to give you an idea of how many buttons there are. Uh, I... Um, first of all, the game is is one of the one of the really conscious decisions that Rockstar has made is they've decided to uh, really dial back uh, fast travel. And oh my god, are you, yes, they you, have. You will eventually <laughs> you'll eventually unlock a feature in the camp that lets you fast travel uh, around if, the world um, if you know to look for it. And uh, yeah, that's that's the other thing is that's just something that you just stumble upon. Um, but other than that, you're basically stuck with stagecoaches and train stations. Uh, I feel like I feel like we should just tell the listeners, all the listeners of the podcast, what they have to do to get fast travel in the game because it is a really tedious thing not to have it. Honestly, it's just one of the it's one of the upgrades that you get in the um, next. It's, it's next to the donation to thing. Upgrade, there's a ledger that you that you can upgrade uh, the camp with, you, and it's one of those. Yeah, you have to upgrade Dutch's tent. Because uh, for whatever reason, putting Dutch in a good mood is important. And then after you upgrade Dutch's tent, which is I mean, about... He's, uh, a, he's a psychopath that is the leader of a gang. So. He's much more charming <laughs> in this one. Yeah, he's a bit more charming. So uh, a Dutch's upgrade is like $200, $300. And then after that, you have to upgrade uh, uh, Arthur's tent to have a map, yeah. uh, which is another $200, $300. And then that map allows you to fast travel two places but never back to camp so there you go and another another quick pro tip here is that if you are headed to a place or if you're headed to a mission objective if you select that waypoint in your map and then go into cinematic mode your horse will travel there uh uh, semi-automatically you still have to hold down the x button which is or whatever button it is to uh (laughs) uh, trot on your whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 half of that is at least automated now, so you don't have to navigate and all that shit. I'm not sure that that's really. I'm not sure that's really that absurd, Lucio. Uh, hold, holding down a button to move a vehicle is a pretty standard thing in Rockstar games. Uh, no, it, it, but it, it it's not like fast travel is like the most annoying way because like you can even do something. <laughs> yeah. you, you 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 are really not engaged, but you're just not engaged enough where you, you can like not interact with the game is like the worst of all the worlds it's amazing i love it i've never successfully uh i've never successfully used cinematic mode for anything in fact there's there's a uh, there's a film clip that i have where the game suggests it's like you should check out cinematic mode and i i took their advice and put myself in it and immediately i uh got distracted and ran into a rock and like my guy like that's, flies across the screen. That, that's because, because again, that's again, again it's not, in GTA 5 was basically suicide. Yeah, it's, it's not intuitive. It's like no, 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 it's not intuitive. But in this game, I'm telling you, if you enter cinematic mode while you have that waypoint selected and hold down the X button, the rest of it is automated. Don't press anything else. Otherwise, it's going to rest. Otherwise, it's going to say, oh, you still want to control it and you're going to crash into things. But that way is semi-automated. And I'm going to back Lucy up on this one because... Uh, I'm getting to be an old man, and I've got a little bit of a carpal tunnel, whatever it is, that affects the uh, thumb. And they put it in the least comfortable kind of place possible oh, in you, terms of moving this vehicle. You guys are really and, grabbing here. And, no, I'm not. Because, and the other thing that, that really infuriates me is that it is 2018, and Rockstar still refuses to get on board with analog stick movement. 
And it's like, what's so hard about that? What do you mean, analog stick movement? I can, I can any other video game, or a, a lot of the other, other video games that are out now, I can load that up. I can use the analog stick. It is context sensitive to character or, or ship or, or, or car, whatever I'm controlling. Knows to kind of move as I push up and pull down on that. Red Dead Redemption does not do that. You have to hold down the X button. You have to tap the X button. You have to... Um, you mean on uh, the horse? On the horse or on foot. You, you, you can move. You move with the stick yeah, at all very, times. Very, 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 very there's slowly. A, there's and then a you can only button. move at two speeds. You can only move at two speeds. You can, you can, you can, you can switch it to a switch. And you can run and you can walk. Um, you know, and then running again affects your stamina cores. It's all a lot more than it has to be. It's not the same kind. It's not the same kind of uh, forward motion that you get if you're controlling Link or if you're uh, controlling Mario, who introduced that system to us. Uh, and Rockstar just refuses to implement it in any way, shape, or form. It's not there. There's. I would make a small correction, which is there's three movement speeds uh, for pretty much every mode. <laughs> You can either you can either move with the stick, which is uh, a nauseatingly slow walk. You can hold down to do a nice jaunt, but you can also tap, and you'll go faster uh, as well. <laughs> that's on foot or or on horse. Um, I'm just saying that's that's uh, that's a whole uh, you know uh, I, quarter more. I, I I stand corrected there. There you um, go. A third more movement options that Jay would like you to believe there is. But, but I, I will, that's it. I mean, that uh, my main two complaints, and then I'll let you go on. Tell us what's good on it. My main two complaints are that um, uh, I think the de- the world is a bit too detailed and realistic for its own good. I feel like that great, good for them. They accomplished something that looks and feels real at the cost of fun. Um, and I feel like there are tons of de- other developers that could have also achieved that and chose not to because it is better gameplay design. And I don't feel like any of the systems that add realism necessarily do anything uh, to add to the fun or the challenge of the game, which is what you usually want realism to do. I can point to uh, a ton of people have brought up like comparative games like uh, Breath of the Wild, The Witcher, uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Metal Gear Solid, all of which have uh, introduced some function of realism to their game. But that realism has always done something to add to um the kind of gameplay loop and they either add to uh kind of the fun of the game and allowing the player some kind of advantage or to the challenge of the game uh in terms of real big kind of asking the player to move maneuver around it and i don't feel the uh systems realism red dead redemption do either of those things i will concede Um, that a lot of the excess details are slice of life stuff and they either work for you or they don't um like your facial hair for example you grow facial hair. If you don't shave, you could you could go the whole game and your hair would reach its maximum length and uh, you would probably look very silly because I've looked very silly. Uh, you look a member of uh, Duck Dynasty. Without even doing half of that. Um, and you can, you can shave, but it really doesn't have any effect on anything. Uh, by that same token, uh, you will get dirty and you will get... Very dirty, like repulsively, <laughs> disgustingly, horrifyingly dirty. And Arthur will appear uh, very horrifying in every cutscene in which you see him. Uh, it's your choice whether or not you want to bathe. You don't have to bathe, um, but you will, you will pay something of a social price for it in that people will stop talking to you or, or try to avoid you. Um, 
maybe that's what you want. I don't know. Uh, it it sounds so lame to to say that like a lot of those choices make me feel more like I'm role playing, but more than a lot of other games, this has kind of instilled that feeling in me where I'm I've tried to make like decisions the way that I thought the character would and uh, stuff like that. But anyway, here's here's an example of like how complicated controls can cause a problem. I was uh, I was uh, because of the lack of fast travel. I'm a lot more conscious of what I do, you know, wherever I am. So like if I'm in town, something that in another game I might have abandoned and, and thought like, well, I'll go shop for this later or buy this item later. Like I'm much more thinking of like, well, I'm here now, so I should do this while I'm here. And it was getting dark. I knew I didn't want to do whatever I was going to do next until until it was light outside. And so rather than make a camp, I just went into the bar and decided to see like how drunk I could get. And uh, the answer is very. Uh, you can get absurdly drunk. Um, and here's a fun tip for you if you do decide to get absurdly drunk. Normally, if you push R2, you will pull out your gun, which is uh, not something that you generally want to do uh, because people will react poorly to it. People don't like to see you pull out your gun. My hot tip for you is if you are blackout drunk and you push R2, you will pull your gun out and you will also shoot it on accident. Um, <laughs> and I did that right in the middle of uh, town. So I left the saloon and was walking down the street. And in my own retarded brain, I I was uh, intending to hold our uh, L2 so that I could talk to someone. But instead, I pushed R2 and just immediately pulled my gun and just shot it into the dirt. I didn't hit anybody. I didn't kill anybody. I still had to get the fuck out of town because everybody lost their cool. And I had to come back and like apologize, not apologize, but like I had to come pay a bounty. Pay a bounty, yeah. Uh, it was like it was like a dollar fifty bounty or something. Um, you know that, that that actually sounds like something I don't mind. I do feel like. I, I like the social context buttons. I think it was unwise to tie uh, social context as the same button that has you draw your gun. Um, I'd like for them to map it differently. Um, I mean, it's not. Uh, L, L2 is the... Uh, I, I mean, if you already have the weapon out, then um, then I suppose L, L2 would aim the gun at the person, but... Yes. <laughs> You need to you need to start mastering uh, L one, which is what draws or holsters your weapon. Um, uh, yes, and it also uses items you don't do not intend to use. It's it's silly. It's audible on on how the controls are mapped. Uh, you want to drink your coffee? Yeah, yeah uh, I, I don't uh, think I've never encountered that. Um, L, L, if you just tap L one, it should just remove or or put back whatever the last weapon you equipped was. I I I. I, I feel like the controls in Red Dead Redemption 2 are poor, and I think they are unjustifiably poor. I think Rockstar has had a ton of time to fix these controls between Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, and they just chose not to do it. <laughs> they chose to focus instead on horse testicles. Uh, well, we don't have to get into that, because that's not uh, uh, my point. And my point is that things like that, in terms of like getting drunk in a town and all that, I, you know, that's, uh, that's cute. That's some of the stuff I like. Um, I feel like, again, talking about how kind of punishing and regressive things are, the the bounty system in this is, like, so ridiculous. I thought I thought GT, Grand Theft Auto V was a step in the right direction in 
which everything was a lot more forgiving in terms of getting you um, a warning and in terms of shaking that warning, it was uh, pretty forgiving as well. Uh, probably their most forgiving game um, when it comes to that. And then in Red Dead Redemption 2, it, you know, if someone sees you alongside a dead body, they'll go, oh shit, you murdered that person. It doesn't matter. Like the dead body could be there. You could have watched another gang shoot him. Uh, but a witness will appear out and over and go, Arthur Morgan, uh, you naughty man, let me go warn the, the sheriff that you killed this person. Um, and it's ridiculous. And it is, it it's so like, like the game tells you that you can rob um, illicit businesses from some stores, which mm-hmm. sounds like a great way to make some side cash, but uh, you shouldn't even attempt it because no matter what you do, uh, changing your appearance, putting on a... Um, uh, a face mask and then uh, threatening witnesses. Chances are more likely than not uh, you are going to be stitched out and get a really high bounty. And then just and then the only way to resolve it is uh, get to go back and pay that bounty. There's no other way to resolve it. And I point that out because uh, Grand Theft Auto, you get chances to evade. But in Red Dead Redemption uh, one, you could just do like uh, good deeds. You can you can bring in a worse criminal than you and get that bounty shaken. But Red Dead Redemption two only gives you the one option for a warning system, I feel like is more punishing. So it, it is a sort it is a way of making you role play in a sense. You had to go into town and be on your best best behavior and you had to greet people and you had to get the right of way to horses because uh hurting someone's feeling is another great way to get a bounty put on you. I actually I actually went into town and I cursed at someone once and a sheriff is like, okay fellow, you're wanted now. Um I it it, it, it that to me feels counter to being like the last outlaw gang in the wild west i've had i've had negative experiences with it um but i've had positive ones too and actually maybe here's another uh example i was so one thing that i've enjoyed in the game so far is uh there are a lot and i really want to emphasize that there are a lot of uh random encounters that you'll have yes there are uh with people and there's a lot of variety to them and even even when i've seen them repeat they usually don't repeat in the same so for example one of the things that i've seen like three times is a uh prison escort where they're they're basically taking a wagon with a prisoner in it and and uh escorting them somewhere and my assumption based off the dialogue is that if I was so inclined, I could break that person out. Um, I've never done it because I've never really been eager to get in trouble with the law in that way. Um, but I've done uh, it in uh, isolated places. But to the game's credit, like I said, I've seen it three times now. And so the event is definitely repeating, but it has been a very different pre- uh, prisoner each time. Uh, with like completely different dialogue and uh, and actually whether or not you would want to break them out uh sounds different based off like what they're saying like one of them was just a woman and they're talking about how she killed her husband and she's saying like i didn't have a choice he would have killed me and so like you kind of feel like oh i should break that person out um but yeah i broke her out anyway all all that to say uh i ran into one guy i don't know if you've seen him he's having trouble with his horse and i stopped to help him and as i'm Uh, is this the guy is this the horse that kicks him to death yeah so as i'm getting off the horse (laughs) this guy just gets fucking kicked in the head Uh, And he dies. He just straight up dies. He just falls down. And I uh, said to myself, well, I can't let his stuff go to waste. Like that would be that would be tragic. And so I went and started looting him. And uh, as I was doing that, somebody else was coming down the road. And it's exactly what you're talking about, where they saw me and they're like, you killed that guy. 
Well, you are looting him. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I didn't kill him. And he, when when you're chasing down a witness, you can even like call out to them. And Arthur will be yeah. like, oh, I didn't do it, man. It wasn't me. <laughs> and and I've had it happen where I've convinced them that. And they've turned around and been like, oh, I guess you're okay. And I've also had it, had it where I've been able to stop them and threaten them. And they're like, okay. But this guy was a particular problem because nothing that I would that I could say would assuage him and uh eventually I wound up lassoing him off of his horse and uh tying him up and I I put him on the back of my horse but I just didn't really know what to do with him <laughs> and uh cuz I don't know I I thought maybe what I'll do is just leave him in the woods so I started kind of walking him away from civilization and I wound up uh, wading through too deep of water on the horse, and it sw- oh, and he, it swept him yeah. off, and he drowned. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, accidentally. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a little bit of an accident. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> um, um, I, you know, I, I, I'll say, look, I, I, I do feel like strangers are one of the better parts of this game. Uh, strang- strangers and and random encounters worked pretty well in GTA Five, and they worked really well in uh in the first Red Den. And so I, you know, they zeroed in on that and they improved on that. Um, and I think that's great. Like I, I like, there's one stranger mission uh, and I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking about the stranger missions in general. I'm talking about like kind of the unmarked uh, ones that you went across. Mm-hmm. And there's one where I found a guy on the side of the road and uh, he was like, man, I was bitten by a snake. Uh, Mr. Can you help me? And you have a choice as to whether or not to suck the poison out. And I'm like, okay, well, no one's watching i guess i'll suck the poison out for you and uh and you do that and then uh, i left you know that was it i helped the guy i sucked the poison out i left that was it uh and then later on i went into the um first town valentine and he was there and and you, you overhear him you overhear him talking to his buddy he's like no i'm telling you i got bit by a snake and there was this this desperado who came out of nowhere and he saved my life it's like it's all true and then he sees me by the down. He's like, that's him. That's the fella. That's the one who did it. And he's like, hey, hey, man, I never thanked you. Uh, why don't you go into the uh, gun store and pick yourself a free gun on me? And I thought that was really cool. And I liked how that tracked. And it was something I just totally wasn't expecting. And it seemed like it was just one of those things that randomly occurred in the game. And then uh, that was just going to be that. But it came up later on. And I mm-hmm. thought that was that was pretty great. Um, and so shit like that I like. And I think I think shit like that is is fantastic. Uh I just feel like there's so much of the game that is just kind of in excess um, and and sometimes like flat out detrimental and anti-fun that I'm like, well, there's a really good game here. It's just there's it takes a lot of work to get to it. <laughs> I, mean, I think with a lot of the detail stuff, like you could definitely there's a, there's a lot of that stuff where you can ignore it and you can be a dirty, dirty boy uh who's who's very naughty and does lots of bad things and it won't be a problem but i i will concede that like i've kind of opted to go a high honor route because this game does a good job of making you feel bad when you like hurt innocent people um and that does make things more difficult because like you have to bathe and stuff like that uh and uh but by that same token you could also be a profoundly evil person who never bathes and is just caked in layer upon layer of mud and gore. And, you know, uh, you, you can be evil and clean at the same time, right? Yeah, you could, you could do that too. You could do that too. So if you want to be that when you play the game, Lucio, you can you can opt for that uh, that route. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, one thing is to be evil, another thing is to be unclean. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you got some you got some options there. Um, 
but anyway, like that that's kind of an example of uh, there, there's some emergent storytelling that the game lends itself to. The other thing that I've really enjoyed that is a change that I hope that uh, Rockstar or really anybody else for that matter keeps is there's no distinction of what story missions are. Um, they just kind of break everything up uh, across the map. And so you can see who the people who will give you missions are, but you really don't know like, and, and it's something that Rockstar has done before in like Grand Theft Auto, you know, when you have your... That was the original Grand Theft Auto. Well, and even even like, uh, I'm thinking of Vice City and... Uh, I, I'm thinking of Grand Theft Auto, the one that came in... The very first one, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, that, was, that was how it worked, like they watched those missions. But they work, uh, they work really, really well in that um, they're, they're gated in such a way where it's kind of hard to describe, but they, they feel really like kind of built into the story and you can play the story in any order. I mean, or mostly any order that you want. Um, but no, that's, that's always kind of been the case though, but they've managed to retain kind of like the cinematic aspect of it a little better. Um, it's like I said, it's difficult to describe, but more so than in, uh, in other rockstar games, I feel like there's like, I think at, at the moment where I just barely put down the game, I think I had like five different mission markers that I could go to. Um, which is pretty good considering that all five of them will move the main story forward. Like they're, they're not necessarily side missions or anything like that. Uh, they all just like contribute to the overall, uh, main story of the game. Uh, I, I have a slightly different take on that. And the reason that I don't tackle them isn't because of the variety I have, but it's because of how far everything gets to be from the camp. And that just means more travel. See, and that would be an issue for me, but like I said, the, the random encounters have been so good so far that I I haven't really minded. Um, I can see it getting tedious, and if the game repeats itself, like the game's the game is very, very huge, uh, and I worry that it will uh, get old as it goes, but right now it hasn't really happened yet. Like every every weird stranger encounter that I have has been uh, something new, and like I said, even when I've seen duplicate stuff, it's been changed enough that it hasn't really bugged me. Um, I mean, I, 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 like I like I said, I feel like uh, you know, I feel like one of the biggest problems with the game is that uh, a lot of it, to me, and you know, this might not be an opinion that people share, but a lot of it to me kind of feels uh, fairly self indulgent, like. Yes, you had you had uh, people working on this for like uh, seven or eight years, working a hundred hour weeks. And so, yes, you want me to see their work, but you should let me experience that. You shouldn't uh, uh, try to kind of force me into some of the situations. And I feel like that's happened a lot of the time. And I feel like a lot of the design isn't letting me just trick in the world as it has been in Odyssey and even in older games like uh, what Bethesda puts out, especially uh, into their Elder Scroll games or you and and uh, again uh, CD Projekt Red and The Witcher, uh, where they're just going to let me go and kind of casually run into this. You think that's cool? It feels like it's very guided, and so um, that's kind of the problem I have with the travel. It it feels less to me like it's it's just having me kind of. Um, uh, engage in this world and more like it's forcing me to because yes of course i'm going to see every stranger that comes along because you're forcing me to walk uh 10 minutes to the next destination um so yeah it's going to spawn there and i'm going to do that whereas i, I i'd like something that feels a bit more kind of uh, uh natural and i, I you know I, train travel um 
stagecoach travel, all of that stuff. That's uh, it is a nice way to experience the world. Um, <clears throat> I do feel like The Witcher Three had the next closest thing to this, where you can only travel from a signpost. And so, yeah, it really did encourage questing in a specific area and engaging with a specific area. But never at any point in The Witcher Three did I feel like I was stuck in a place. And Red Dead Redemption 2, I always feel like I'm stuck in a place. Like, I don't have a fucking choice as to what uh, to do next. Like, if I'm going to be there, that's where I'm going to spend. And I don't have the freedom I would like as a gamer to kind of get on with it. Yeah, I think that we just don't agree. Um, I, I've i been more than fine with it. I, I'll concede that, like, it could get old depending on, um, you know, like I said, if I start seeing events repeating uh, excessively or if I stay in this particular part of the map uh, for a lot longer I feel like I'm kind of coming to a natural conclusion for uh, the camp in its current location and my assumption is that it's going to pick up and move to another one and then, yeah. I, and well, then, so, I, and then so, I kind of have a different square of the world to explore so so yes that that's also true and the camp does move quite often uh, again not much in the way of choice because uh, when the camp burns a location man they really burn that location like it's uh you're pretty fucked if you want to try to go backwards (laughs) so are you are you to the uh what would that be the third move the first one's in the snow which isn't even really a camp like it's just the introduction and then there's the camp by valentine so you've moved from there yeah the next one is um uh, what do you call it i would assume by blackwater but i don't well, the, the the point is, it gets to a pretty um, uh, thorough, uh, what do you call this? It, there's a rhythm to it. There's, there's a rhythm that it feels like, and look, they have a, a very specific story that they're trying to tell, and that's great. Uh, I, I think you honestly, as a game designer, have to question uh, if everything is in, in the best service to that, to that story as possible. And so the, the beat that this thing hits, Red Dead Redemption 2, is that uh, when... It's time for the Vanderland gang to move. They're not only going to move, they're going to burn every bridge possible in the last location that they were in, in kind of every conceivable way. And yeah, they start to drop off as you go, as we know is kind of the natural course from the game. So I don't feel that's a spoiler, um, you know, coming out of uh, part one. And uh, uh, man, they they really do become like the most kind of hated gang that travels across the West. Um, and um and for a game that encourages that much kind of engagement with the world, I would like there to be a little bit more choice in ter- terms of how well or how badly kind of those things go and, and uh, how bad my bridges are burned in town. Uh, so Valentine is burned. Strawberry uh, is burned. I'm, I assume you got to the part where Strawberry is burned no, already. Uh, I really? think that's, I think the, uh, the Wait, last... is Jay. The, well, I mean, it's not that big a deal. Uh, but the, the, the entire map is burned eventually, so you know, just prepare for that. And it doesn't matter where you end up; places going to be burned. You don't have any places you're uh, able to go. I have a feeling that I know what's going to cause that too, um, because the one mission marker that I haven't finished uh, in that area is uh, getting Micah out of jail, and I'm I'm pretty confident that will not go well. <laughs> Yeah, he seems yeah. he seems like a force for negativity. So uh, <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to undo some of my goodwill that I've that I've earned. But um, I don't know. It it it, it does. I'll, I'll say this: it they definitely have uh, cast aside a lot of what we have come to accept as like standards and staples in open world games. And 
I think that it's totally reasonable to be put off by that. Um, it's worked for me. It's probably not going to work for everybody. It's actually Breath of the Wild is a really good comparison, I think, uh, in that they kind of looked at like what other open worlds do and they just were like, ah, fuck it. We're not going to do that. And for some people that really, really worked. And for some people it didn't work at all. Um, and like Breath of the Wild, like I've, I've found this is a game where when I'm not playing it, I've found myself thinking about it and like what I plan to do when I get back in it. And that's always been a, a that doesn't happen for me in a lot of games. So it's been a nice, a nice feeling to have again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I can understand that. I feel like, you know, you, 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 Breath of the Wild, I liked everything that they did there. And I, I do feel like that, yes, Breath of the Wild was also risky, but I feel like there was an overall governing design. And I don't feel like Red Dead Redemption has a governing design other than we just want to add in realism because we can. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll just end it on these two notes. I, I feel like, Red Dead Redemption 2 is what happens like like this and for better or for worse like whether you like it or not uh we've always speculated what would happen if something like Hideo Kojima and the Phantom Pain uh, didn't go down how it did and how you're like you're going to give this guy uh infinite resources and infinite time to finish the Phantom Pain what is the final result of that game I feel like Red Dead Redemption 2 is the result of that game where you have infinite resources and infinite time and infinite slave labor uh, to accomplish the game. And a lot of it, I, you know, a lot of it, I, there are parts of it that I feel work. Uh, I probably sounding a lot more negative here on the podcast than I feel towards overall game. Uh, uh, but I do feel a lot of it is self-indulgent. I, I do feel like a lot of it um, is just there because they could do it. <laughs> uh, whereas Breath of the Wild, uh, I felt like it took a lot of risks, but it was there for, um, uh, 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 trying to do something that all added up to one specific kind of gameplay experience. Uh, the other, the, the, the best way I've heard this game kind of described, I believe, is by Forbes, who reviewed it and gave it a pretty glowing review. But they were like, look, there are people I would um, absolutely recommend this game to. And then there are people I would tell uh, they need to stay the hell away from this game. Um, it's just going to be that kind of like, divisive and it's either going to be something that you're really into or that you're kind of not and I feel like since I go in for um, a specific kind of uh, gameplay experience where I feel like everything should be dictated toward um, towards a, a, a very specific design in the game um, and I feel like when things break those design then I enjoy it less and for something like uh, uh, Uncharted, which is like again one of the last things I would praise, kind of like Assassin's Creed, uh, Uncharted's not for me, but I understand that that design is towards a certain thing. So I've never once had a problem uh, with what they were accomplishing. Uh, in terms of that, I just had a problem with that. You know, I don't like that. Um, I do. It's Red wrong. Dead... Somebody should ban it. <laughs> uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption to me. It just feels like things are there to be there, and 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 hey, kudos to to Rockstar for going for it because they could, and a lot of developers can't. Uh, uh, I, so, I some of them are. I think that I, I I don't disagree with that. Some this this game has a lot of stuff in it where it's like, did it need it? No. Did they do it? Yes. 
and <laughs> if it if it works on you, great. And if it doesn't work on you, that's too bad. Uh, and so, I mean, I mean, if you're the type, if you're sitting there right now wondering, like, would it work on me? Maybe this is a rental and not a uh, and, and not an immediate full purchase. Uh, you'll definitely be able to get your money's worth because the game's fucking huge, and you will you will dump a lot of time into it one way or the other. Um, but like I said, it's it's mostly worked for me, and I'm not the type of person who like role plays in games. But I've really kind of felt like I was in this one, and I've made choices that I wouldn't normally have made, which is weird because it's not a very overtly like choice heavy game. There's no dialogue wheel. There's no anything that you do is just like a yes or no. Like, do you want to help this person? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. And uh, I have a feeling that a lot of the decisions that I've been making probably don't have like huge ramifications on. Uh, story or anything else, but I'm open to be surprised there too. I don't know, um, but yeah. Anyway, it's a uh, it's a very 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 absurdly polished game, and what that will what spell that will cast on you is really up to the the person playing it. I think, but I've I've been pretty gobsmacked by by a lot of it. I've really enjoyed. Uh, most of my time, but I can understand how it might not satisfy um, certain types of players and and some people. So, well, I mean, I, I think especially these days, I'm I'm kind of the last person that would want a uh, quick experience. I mean, the the amount of time I'm racking up in Odyssey is kind of insane, especially for an Assassin's Creed, and then uh, uh, really even on RPGs, I don't like I coming at a really kind of high play time uh, these days because when I get kind of engrossed in something, I really get engrossed. So, it, you know, it's not anything to do with kind of the speed or the detail itself. I just feel like it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it was just if it felt like it had an overall guidepost or uh, if it felt like it did kind of in a game like... Um, uh, 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 maybe Dark Souls or or Breath of the Wild, where I was getting some kind of challenge or some kind of fun out of the realism, the more realistic aspects, then I would enjoy that. Uh, you know, I think Breath of the Wild, it's arguable how realistic your uh, weapons deteriorate at such an insane rate is, and and needing food to kind of uh, reduce stamina, which Red Dead Redemption does as well, but like in Zelda. In Breath of the Wild, you get really kind of insane advantages, and you get moments where it's like, oh, hey, I ripped an arm off a skeleton and bashed his head in, and that was, like, a lot of fun, and I didn't get to keep the skeleton arm, but whatever, it worked. There's, uh, there's stuff in Breath of the Wild that's <laughs> the same, where, and actually Red Dead has the exact same system, where if you're in cold weather, you need to wear warm clothes, right. and, like, what purpose does that serve? Like, really none. <laughs> um <laughs> It's just an annoyance, and it's it's there to uh, hopefully make you feel like the world is more real than it is, and that's like one little detail in Breath of the Wild, but there's a million other ones. I wouldn't say it's more than a detail. It's an entire system that fits into the other systems of the game. But it's not fun. It's not fun to need to wear warm clothes. You do fun things to attain those warm clothes. I maybe sort of like as well as yeah. It, it, it's it's not fun, but I would I would put I would I would uh, offer this. I would offer that in Breath of the Wild. It's not fun, but it creates a definite challenge there. And in Red Dead Redemption Two, 
there's no real challenge to be had from it. It's just there to kind of hinder you a little bit. And so it comes off as more of an annoyance than a challenge. You could also, it's funny because you could see that from two perspectives. You could see it as like, they wanted to add it for the people who would be like, well, he, Arthur would wear, he, he would be cold in a vest. And like, <laughs> now those people are happy. But at the same time, it, it's almost like half committing. It, it it might be better if they, it might be better if they're like, look, if you go in the cold, you're going to get frostbite and fucking die. Um, but instead they're, Jay's right. Like they're basically just saying like, if you go in the cold, you'll be cold. And uh, so to your point, I, I think that, what they need to do is they need to first of all commit to it and then tie that to other gameplay so that it's fun. Yeah, so so I think that, that kind of nails it from the guy who actually hasn't played it, but that nails kind of what I'm getting at right there. Um, I, that's all I want. That's all I'm asking. I, I just want uh, I, I just want a purpose. I don't want it to be there to be there. Uh, and yeah, see, and like I said, hey, when I, I buy like a simulation... I just I just don't really have a problem with it. It's it's fun flavor and um and it and it's mostly worked on me. And I think the most heaping praise that I can put on this game, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, is that it really, really, truly makes you feel like Spider Man. And I think that that is maybe the most important. <laughs> no, like I said, it makes me. It does make me feel like I'm trying to uh, uh, survive in the Wild West. It just does it in the wrong way. When you're swinging through those mountains, baby, you really feel like him. You feel you. It, it, it really, you know, that's the best that I can say about it. Is you really feel like you're the the uh, web slinger. Uh, I'm just gonna cracking. say this because since since uh, since Spider-Man came out, I'm just gonna say this is super bizarre to me, and and it's neither here nor there. It's not it's not a criticism. It's not a praise. But uh, all the places you visit and the states and the the islands and. Uh, uh, that you go to in Red Dead Redemption 2. They're all fictional, uh, all made-up places. And then they talk about New York City a lot. Uh, that's just bizarre to me. Well, where was Spider-Man going to live if New York City is in the game? <laughs> I mean, it's use your head, man. That's true. That's a good point. That's very fair. All right, we're, hey, I get, I, we're fast approaching the two-hour mic thing. We're, mark we're, There's a lot of same places. There's a lot of made-up places inside Greece, but it's still Greece. Um, I there are no I know there are no secret planes of Apollo for me to visit in Greece. You know what's bothered me? Wait, are I, there? Is that a place? I'm sorry. Is, Greece, is there, is, is is there, are there secret planes of of Apollo that I can visit in Greece? I don't think so. Well, we could, okay, then yeah, it's all made up bullshit. Um, you know what's bothered me in the GTA world where like at the end of I think it was GTA three or the 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 other one Liberty City Stories. Somebody ends up going to Miami and not by city. That always bothered me. Yeah, see that that's what that I'm is, talking about. That is something Rockstar does kind of regularly. That's sort of incon- inconsistent. Is they they just they can't quite decide whether they're operating on Earth or not. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It, it is it is kind of a, a weird detail. I think New York City. They all say that like a, like in the Pace commercial. Uh, <laughs> That that exact moment happens at the camp, and it's great. I I, I like uh, how progressive the Dutch Vanderlyn gang is. Boy, he uh, really and, is. He lets the colored boys in and everything. And he's got women that yeah. are like actual gang members. They're not, and not just uh, the one either. They're, they're like actually they go into town and run scams and oh, yeah, get in trouble and all that. They're real troublemakers. That Vanderlyn mm-hmm. gang. 
All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it good here. So you you listener, should you buy this game? I don't fucking know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you should. Uh but hey, you know what you definitely should do, regardless of whether or not you buy this game? You should go subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, go check us out on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And I think with that, happy Halloween, and uh, we are out. Arthur dies. He, he probably will die. It's hard to imagine a scenario where he's... <laughs>